Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit Geico.com. It's just gone final in Boston. The Celtics in overtime beat the Wizards 129 to 119. The Wizards missed two shots in the closing seconds of regulation that could have won the game. Bradley Beal put up an air ball from the free throw line that could have won it. And in overtime, the Celtics just raced past Washington outscoring them 15-5. to Isaiah Thomas on the night for the Celtics. 53 points to go along with four rebounds and four assists. 
It's Isaiah Thomas. Everybody's going to say how great he was. If it was Russell Westbrook, it would be, oh, but look at all the shots he took. All right. All right, enough of that. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas was better tonight, and not by much, than John Wall, who went for 40 and 13 assists. And the first thing, Mike, is I got to tell you, I'm kind of upset it's 1-1 because this point guard back and forth, John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, it's a lot of bleeping fun. I mean, John Wall looks like a giant you know, guarding Isaiah Thomas. He blocked him, a big block at the end of regulation. But the way this goes up and down, the fl- this is a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, this may be the most fun thing going on right now. We'll have a lot of entertainment as we go. Everybody's still just looking ahead to June saying, hey, it's the Warriors who are in action right now. Early 14-9 lead over Utah. There's five minutes left in the first quarter as we watch it from the Geico Studios. But the thing about Isaiah Thomas, absolutely dominant in the fourth quarter and overtime scoring more than half his points in those two sessions. And this is after bouncing his mouth already surgically repaired on the court. He gets up and he says, all right, what else you got? And he just keeps coming. And you look at, you know, you made the Russell Westbrook comparison. You won't let him die uh, this this season. You won't let his efforts. Uh, I will remind you that Isaiah Thomas hit better than 50% from the floor. He was 18 of 33. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook didn't approach those numbers very regularly in terms of his field goal percentage. So a little bit of a difference and the fact that Isaiah Thomas is probably about a half inch taller than I am running around the court and doing these things. Also, helping in the cause and adding to the legend that we watched tonight. But this was a fun game back and forth all the way through. Once again, first quarter, Boston doesn't show up. They, they just don't play a lick of defense. For at least 12 minutes again a night. 877-99 on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter. At How About a Fresca. Jason, Mike Harmon, you get us on Fox Sports Radio, FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio. You miss any of the show. Pretty much right after the show is over, you can download the podcast, listen to our show, whatever you miss. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Again, pretty much right after the show is over. Download it, listen to it, rate us, give us five stars. We will love you forever. But here's my dark side right now to Washington and Boston. How about that? This, I dark mean, this side. Is, this is a dark, it's the dark side of the moon. This superhuman effort by Isaiah Thomas uh-huh. is enough to beat the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Not going to be enough to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a seven-game series. You know, Will Perdue talked about this a little bit with us uh, about a week or so ago. And he said, you know, team to watch out for is Washington. Watch out for them. And, you know, the thing is, you look at the NBA, it's all about the matchups. Certain teams are going to give certain teams trouble. San Antonio will give the Golden State Warriors more trouble than the Rockets will because the Rockets will play more similar to their style, which plays into their hands. It's all about the matchups. And the Celtics right now, the Wizards are a, the Celtics are a bad matchup for the Wizards. But the Wizards are a worse matchup than the Celtics for the Cavaliers. If you follow me there, I'm doing a whole matchup. You got like an inception thing going on here that I have to try to follow. Isaiah Thomas is not going to do it all by himself for in a seven game series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are just too loaded. That's simply not going to happen. We've talked about that a lot, but they match up well with the wizards. Conversely, the wizards, 
they would give the Cavaliers all they could handle because their scoring is more balanced. you got Otto Porter hitting big threes in that? the final minute of regulation. Not every game does John Wall need to go for 40, but Bradley Beal can go for 25 in a game. And seven guys in double figures tonight. I mean, they, they, that's a, this is a team, and, and Brandon Jennings didn't even score. I mean, he played 12 minutes, and usually he's good for about 10 or 12 points. But this team is much more balanced across. They, they are more apt to handle the Cavaliers, but I guarantee you the Cavaliers are going, go Boston, go. Yeah, give me 5'9", Isaiah Thomas. LeBron's saying, give me him in the fourth quarter. Give me him in the fourth quarter. I, I know, I'll, we'll be all right. Give me that. They are, they are praying for, they want it to go seven, obviously, but they are praying for the Celtics to get out because Washington is really, really tough, much tougher for the Cavaliers. Well, Celtics not playing much defense earlier, but then getting it done. So halfway home in terms of them advancing to the next round. Uh, as we, we look at it in Cleveland, trying to dispatch as quickly as they can on the other side of the bracket and, and try to get LeBron his his rest. But that, that yeah, they could yeah, throw yeah. a whole wrinkle in this. I mean, Washington's got to close one of these games out. Otherwise, LeBron's not going to get those extra days off that he covets so much. But certainly from a personnel standpoint, a lot of switching out. Washington, just you love the balance and you love the, the inside presence that you have that perhaps isn't quite as stark there with, with the Celtics. But anytime I can get Wall and, and Thomas going at each other over the course of a night, uh, except for that inane attempt behind the back dribble that helped open things up and close the deal. You know, that was just ludicrous. Uh, but they win going away. But it's it, it's fun to watch two guys on top of their game getting after it and blow for blow. We got an extra frame out of it. You didn't have to go to HLN to find <laughs> – the other game that hey, was actually is that game going to start? Come on! It was actually over on NBA TV, so you know you you can take care of it there. It's but, forensic files again. Duh! It was on last night. I was flipping channels after. It was know. on last night. It's on. It's seventy percent of their programming. Shh. It was on last night. That's like saying, "Hey, Shawshank was on last night." I, I mean, really? I didn't see that yesterday. <laughs> it was on Sunday, but I didn't see yeah. it last night. <laughs> Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca? This series right now, Isaiah Thomas in control of it, and the number one thing that I can't stop watching after this game is the replay of Isaiah Thomas hitting his face on oh, the yeah. floor during a drive right after getting that new tooth. You know, as an as the last game, no tooth, new tooth. Now I wonder what his tooth situation is like because his face bounced off the floor. When he, when he hit the floor. That's one of those, ooh, it's not one of those I bounce and I, I kind of slid my face like Ben Stiller, but it's a sweaty guy's armpit and uh, along came Polly. No, this is one of those, my face, my mouth just bounced off the floor. If you didn't know you were going to get a lot of face time because you're dominating and you're going to win a few more games here, at least we assume this round and, and moving forward, you're going to get an awful lot of interview time and your, your mugs everywhere. You got to get those teeth. Fixed. Otherwise, I'd wait until after the season. But this is an opportunity for Isaiah Thomas to break through as one of those it guys, right? So that big Matt Dillon something about Mary smile. Ah, like, right. Otherwise, you're looking like you're you're playing hockey because you're bouncing your head off the court. Uh, speaking of hockey, we made a lot of friends last night. You are not going to believe the story I'm going to tell you coming up in about ten minutes. Coming off of what we did on the show last night, it is baffling. It's crazy. It's scary. It's all of these things. But meanwhile, with Boston being the center of the universe tonight, the Celtics win, 
And at Fenway Park, a bit of a different reception for Orioles center fielder Adam Jones tonight. Remember, it was last night we brought you the story, Bob Nightingale uh, breaking it, that Jones said I was the victim of, of racial slurs hurled at me by Red Sox fans last night. It was awful. Someone threw a bag of peanuts at him. The Red Sox responded by apologizing, saying they're looking into the incident. CC Sabathia, Yankees pitcher today, said, oh, yeah, I deal with all kinds of bad racial stuff in Boston. It's worse in Boston than any other city. So everybody waited to see what would happen tonight. Adam Jones and the Orioles playing the Red Sox. And thankfully, this was the reception when Adam Jones stepped to the plate in the first inning. Here's Adam Jones. And Adam Jones is getting a, a nice ovation here at Fenway Park. And I say maybe half the fans right now are giving Adam a standing ovation, which is exactly what Mookie Betts had implored Boston fans to do tonight on Adam Jones' initial event. And they are giving Adam a very nice welcome. All right, we're not racist. No, no, no. No, no, no. Stop brushing the entire city as racist. No, look at us. We're all standing for you, Adam Jones. We're not racist. I'm clapping, but blank you. I can't stand you. Yes, I'm clapping, but I hate you. Yes. Go socks. Go socks. Yeah. Affleck will kick your ass. And Brady's not a cheater, but I'm clapping for you, Adam Jones. Vote Quimby. Yeah, Adam Jones. Wait, wait a minute. You added Quimby to things. Vote wow. Quimby. How about that? Look, it, it was a great start, but there's a couple of big things to take away from the Adam Jones story. Obviously, this is something you don't want anybody to ever have to go through in, in their life. Boston has been has taken a lot of heat today, and there's been a lot of broad-brushing Boston. Oh, Boston's a racist city. It's all of these things. The one, the thing, Look, I have friends that live in Boston, and you see, and this is just going by statistics across the country, Boston's one of the most racially segregated cities in the country. And so when you hear about something that happens like this in a city that is segregated that way, you're not surprised because look, it's it's like that, that's just how it is. But I for one am lucky thinking about this today is that I'm glad we play baseball in big cities. Because if we didn't play baseball in big cities, watch out. Watch out for everything. Not just racial stuff, but watch out for fan behavior and and because the smaller you go with a town you want you have to watch out with the further you get away from a big city the more apt are you are to see behavior that is not as acceptable just because of the stakes that's why can you imagine what baseball be like if we played in small towns watch out you see stories about guys growing up and and, and saying i played in this small town and this happened and this happened this guy got called this name and this what be happy we play baseball in big in big cities because if we didn't we didn't play sports in big cities Oh, boy, you can imagine what some of the stuff that would go on would be. I'd be scared for some of the athletes. Well, you're still, to a degree, scared even with security around that, you know, it it takes a second. We referenced yesterday the Tom Gamboa situation where a couple of fans came out of the stands just by the dugout, and presumably that's where you're going to have a pretty decent run of security, right? Because you're right by where the players are seated during an inning. That – it, it takes an instant wherever you are. and But certainly, depending on how well trafficked things are, there's always going to be opportunities for more incidents. Some of the tales you read in, in newspapers and some incidents that make you realize, again, how big a country we are and sometimes 
where there, there's still the the pockets uh, of the those type of situations occur those type of feelings are more prevalent and we we've watched whether you get into politics or or just you you read a little bit of sociology i mean you're looking at at a country that has blended or the melting pot theory like still goes to like in a lot of circumstances and and certainly as we have this it's a nice gesture by the Mm -hmm. boston crowd but what does it mean it's nothing you still have to investigate what was said what occurred still waiting for audio or video to come out of the stands I, i have to believe there's something that trickles out and frankly 24 hours later i'm surprised it hasn't but it's a tough issue to negotiate whenever we we get down this this road because you're talking about a small percentage of people that everybody else gets tagged with the label because of the Mm -hmm. actions and words of a few and watch you know what and the one thing you watch in in the bigger cities life moves faster and and that's one thing that no matter where you are, you realize it's a different lifestyle. Things are different. You move faster. You move to things. You move past things. You move on to new things. It just happens that way. So, like I said, be glad we play sports in big cities. Was glad to see this reception. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us now on the hotline, Fox Sports 1 analyst on Undisputed, Fox Sports Radio host, our teammate, 25 years covering Major League Baseball, has a Hall of Fame vote, Rob Parker. What's happening, Rob? Yo, what's happening? And, of course, there we go, my Golden Girls theme song. I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Alex Tyshirt. He's bringing the call back because everybody's had an opinion on their favorite golden girl. No, it's Rue McClanahan, and there's nobody else. No, no, no. no See, no, Rob no, disagrees. No, no, Be no. Arthur. Come on, let's no. go. Be Arthur. Come on. No, she's, you, my, she's my height. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the crush I had on Rue McClanahan when I was 15, and she was sultry and sexy and walking with all hippie on that show? I loved the 50-year-old woman when I was 15. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. What a great show that was. But uh, it was it was not a great show in Boston 24 hours ago, and I think they tried to uh, flip the script. Um, but I don't think it lets them off the hook. I know a lot of people are saying that was kind of classy considering what went on, and, and I know people always talk about you don't want to paint a certain town with a broad brush or people, and I get it. It's not everybody, but you know what? Boston has had a history of just treating – African-American players or, or opposing players and, and and sometimes a hometown player in a bad light. And, and it's hard for this city to shake it. And, and I'm still here to say that I still think Boston has to be considered the most racist sports town in America. Well, it is one of the more segregated cities in the country. That's documented. You've been to 50 or more games at Fenway Park in your career, in your life. What what have you seen there when, in games that you've been there yourself? I've never really witnessed anything, you know what I mean, uh, like that. You know, obviously, you know, booing and name-calling and stuff like that. That's a part of the game. There's nothing there. But when you take it to the level of what Adam Jones went through, it, it's just not right, and it's uh, – it's uh, embarrassing and it's wrong. And, and I love the response that so many people came out, whether it be the Massachusetts governor, the mayor of Boston, 
the commissioner, you know, that all came out and said, no, this won't be tolerated. And the crazy thing is the guy who they believe threw the peanuts, not only did they get him, they, you know, his name is public. I mean, uh, that that's pretty amazing that, that uh, all that stuff is out there. But uh, an, another another black eye for the city of Boston, we, we saw it in the uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs in 2012. I'm sure you guys remember that. Was it J- Joel Ward? who scored an overtime uh, game winner, and then people went on Twitter and just some of the most vile and bad stuff I'd ever seen. It was terrible. Well, we, we see that in sports. From a baseball perspective, though, Rob, what what can the league reasonably do? I mean, you've got security guards. I mean, I've been to Fenway a number of times, with, even when the Yankees are in town, and you see a lot of fights, and you've got an increased security presence. But – to now start parsing out words? Do they get a, a list, I mean, that, that they have to react to? I mean, I, I think you're opening this up to a, a whole other level of trying to enforce what's going on at a ballpark that maybe you just don't have the manpower for. Yeah, I mean, there, there's if, if a player, and, and it still comes down to a player pointing out people or people in the section pointing out, remember, people have their kids there, their wives there, and while that might be language that they're used to, other people I'm sure were offended, you know, sitting by them as well. So the only way is fans have to police fans. I've, I've been at games, I'm sure you have to, where you've seen people point out the, 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 the perpetrator, you know sure. what I mean? Point them out to the, to the ushers, and then that guy gets taken out. So that's really what, what the fans and the player self, if he really – thinks that uh, someone has crossed the line and said some stuff that just shouldn't be said, they should be ejected from the ballpark and maybe not allowed to come in again. But, but again, Boston has a history. I'm not letting Boston off the hook. Don't forget, Boston was the last major league team to have a black player. And Jackie Robinson came in in 1947. How many years later was it before Boston had its first black player? Take a guess. 47, I'm going to say 68. Oh, wow. Not that late. But Not 1959, that late? Okay. 1959, 12 right. years. That's a long time. Rob Parker with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Parker FS1. That's at Rob Parker FS1. Now, to play devil's advocate with you, Rob, after what you just said, people on the, on the other side are going to say, well, this was something back in the United States when racism was much more prevalent and much more open than it is nowadays. You have seen a difference in a, a big difference in how players are treated in Boston compared to other cities in the 25 years you covered baseball. I, I can't say, you know, like I'm not in the outfield, so I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that I can, I can tell, but in conversations and different stuff, there's this just the way Boston and, and it's, it's undocumented. You know what I mean? People have their own experiences, but if you talk to people, and especially African-Americans, Boston's never been a favorite town. And, and, and when I bring up even the, the Major League Baseball and the 12 years later from Jackie Robinson, also go ask Bill Russell, one of the greatest winners in the history of that city, 11 championships in 13 years. Bill Russell himself it says the, the fan base in Boston when he played was racist. I mean, I, I don't know what else – you can get. Imagine winning 11 championships in 13 years. You should be a god in that city. He wasn't. 
and people didn't like him. And, uh, you know, he was called anti-white, and it wasn't because of anything other than he wanted to be be treated as an individual and with respect and as a man, and that's not what he got in Boston. So, uh, you know, it was a nice gesture tonight, the standing ovation, to try to make amends for what happened the night before, but the history's there, and it's going to take more than that for the, for that city to shake the tag of the most racist sports city in America. Now, the answer to the trivia question, who was the first? Elijah Pumpsy Green was the first African-American player for the Boston Red Sox. All right, let's end with something more positive, Rob. Month of the season now in the books. What's the the biggest surprise carrying forward uh, as this Major League Baseball season rolls on? The New York freaking Yankees. And and this Aaron Judge, I mean, Sanchez, is her, this is amazing. And then the pitching they've been getting. But this kid, Judge, I've been watching, and I, I'm totally impressed. I think the Yankees in their next uh, wave, you know, they got the baby bombers, and they were hoping for a core of young players like they had when they started with the, the Jeter and the Bernie Williams and Jorge Posada and Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit. And, you know, that all rolled into a nice five championships and stuff. And they got some young players there. Aaron Judge, if you haven't watched him, the only thing I do not like is that he's wearing number 99. And I know a lot of the Yankee <laughs> numbers are already retired. There's not a lot of choices. But number 99, I don't want to see on a baseball play. I wish they would change that number and give him a better number than that. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Parker FS1. That's at Rob Parker FS1, Fox Sports One analyst on Undisputed, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. And check out his website, theshadowleague.com. That's theshadowleague.com. Has a big column up there right now on the Adam Jones incident. You can also find it on the top of Rob's Twitter page. Rob, as always, appreciate it. And from a Mets fan, I will say, hopefully it's not a long summer for me in the shadow of the Yankees. Hey, uh, hopefully it won't be. And you know what? We need to get out to Dodger Stadium when the Mets come to town. I'll be down to do it. Let's get it. Hey, we're in. All set. You got it. I'm holding you to it. And we might end up playing, Rob. We might end up playing (laughs) at the rate they're sending guys to the DL. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll play first. All right. (laughs) See you, Rob. See you, buddy. Take it easy. Yeah, because I'm going to have to pitch. I mean, I'm going to have to. No, you don't no, have that arm anymore. Yeah, but no, but I could be a crafty southpaw junk. Yeah, I'm still gonna have to pitch. That, yeah, and then then you're gonna get hurt, and then I'm gonna have to come in and pitch. That's what's gonna happen. Well, I'm not gonna try to throw 100 <laughs> miles an hour, nor am I gonna throw bulk harder. Up. Just throw. Yeah, harder. let me let me bulk up. That'll be good for business. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Why is Isaiah Thomas? My hero of the night. It's not just about the 53 points in the victory over Washington. Listen to him now. Here's Isaiah Thomas from just a few minutes ago talking about the win and what today means to him. Isaiah, just what was it like for you with the dental surgery and then having this incredible game? Um, yesterday was a long six hours. It was a long six hours, and even today I had to go back about four to five hours a day and I can't say enough about um, the shock doctor who made my made my mouth guard um, Dr. Miola and Dr. McKeon they they did a hell of a job um, today my mouth was so numb this morning I mean so swollen this morning I had to go back to the hospital just to, to get a few meds to, to get the swelling down because I, I could barely talk so but 
I know once game time came, my, my guys would get me, get me going and give me the energy to go out there and try to win a game. Isaiah, Steve Balpet, Boston Herald. At any point, did you feel the shootout that you were in with, with John Wall? I mean, yeah, I know you guys are kind of close and just. I'm not really. I was so locked in. We were just trying to win. I was just trying to win. I mean, he, he was making great plays throughout the whole game, especially in the third quarter he got going. And I was just trying to get my team back in the flow of things, in the thick of things. And um, we, did a, we did a hell of a job in the fourth quarter. Avery Bradley came back, played great defense. Marcus Smart, Al does what he did. Um, it, was a, 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 it was a team effort tonight because there was times where you would think the game would be over. And they had the momentum, but we kept going. He's tough. I mean, I've been playing him since high school. He's one of my close friends. Uh, probably the fastest guy in the NBA with the ball. And it's always tough to guard somebody that's like their strong hand is their right hand, but they go left better than they go right. So yeah, it's always tough. But I mean, Avery and, and those guys did a great job of helping me out. And then when it was time to, to lock down, I mean, we got the best defender in the NBA in Avery Bradley. Bob Sean, the citizen. Um, Isaiah, um, you talked about it your fourth quarter performance, but just seemed tonight you had an extra energy in that fourth quarter. Was it, yeah, I think you talked about it, but can you talk about it some more? Um, today is my sister's birthday. So she would have been 23 today. So the least I can do is go out there and play for her. So there it is. Isaiah Thomas dedicated the game tonight to his sister, who would have been 23 years old today, killed in a car accident a month ago. And I'll tell you what, there's sports, we, we use the term role models and people you should look up to and, and, and pattern yourself behavior. We use that pretty loosely. But this is a night where Isaiah Thomas comes off of six hours of dental surgery to get his, to get his teeth right, bangs his face again on the floor, and his face bounces up off the floor tonight while he was playing oh, by the way, going through this on what would have been his sister's birthday, and he goes for 53. That's, that's superhuman. That's, I, I, you know what, I, I don't know what else, there's nothing else to say about it. It's one of those things where you just say and go, wow, he was able to do that. Now, I get, and anybody that's ever lost somebody can understand this, where when you're at work, when you're doing something, that's the, that's the easier time. And he even said after the game, look, when I'm not playing is when it hits me. So it, it is to get out of things is still the way to escape for a little while from a really crappy reality. Because eventually he's going to have to go and he's going to have to really deal. with Because right now he's still in shock because it's a month. It, it happened and he's playing in the playoffs and he's trying to figure he's got a lot of stuff going on. The offseason's when it's going to get really, really hard. But to be able to after after a day like that and come out and score fifty three like that and not fall apart physically, not get tired because you figure on a night like today, this is when your stamina, your energy level is going to be at its lowest. To do that, that's role model stuff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Everybody's got to just R E L. R-E-L-A-X. On this guy. 
And the pitch hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. He is Aaron. Is judge and jury. <laughs> and this is judgment day. <laughs> I mean, really? The, his bat is the executioner. Is, is John Sterling even trying anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you? I mean, well, I mean, really, Gary is scary, and now it's judgment day. And now they're banging each other. It's Judge Reinhold Day. (laughs) Now you're talking. We could get that trending. We've won. It's NFL writer Clark Judge Day. He's not even trying anymore. Aaron Judge tonight, another huge home run. Judge's night, two for three, four RBI. His home run. A long one off of Jason Grilly. And Jason Grilly, I feel bad for you because, you know, I, I drank a lot of beer at your dad's bar in Syracuse. Just Judge- to mention the fact that you look at him and you go, hey, look, R.A. Dickey served up another. No, <laughs> no, he's not there. He looks like he, him. He did. If you squint it, no, R.A. Dickey was beating the Mets tonight, 9-3. to three. That's where he was. There you go. Judge now with 12 home runs. 25 RBIs on the season, hitting 313, and suddenly this is what I hate. Because now Yankee fans are like, oh, yeah, no, it's Judge is the best. It was Sanchez. I know it's Judge. Oh, we're going to win. Look how good we are. I'm going to go with two words. Joe Torre once told me to my face, I mean on the radio, to my face about a player's success when it's May 2nd. It's early. Those were the words. It's early. Last year, Gary Sanchez had a home run every other game. Now, he started out slow, and he's hurt. He's on the DL. Aaron Judge is not going to hit a home run every single game. It's great. It's exciting. But let's stop with Aaron Judge. Oh, he's got Derek Jeter type. Stop. 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 The guy at 230 last year in a limited play, and now suddenly, oh, he's got these. Just stop. Just stop with the Derek Jeter stuff. We don't talk about Thames that way. The guy's got at 11 home runs. It was still with four days left to go in April. Nearly broke the record home runs in a month. And it's, oh, the guy's doing still. What's he doing? He's doing steroids. Oh, but, no, but a Yankee does it. And suddenly, oh, he's the greatest. Oh, look, he's Derek Jeter. Just stop. Just relax. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It was last night on the show. We brought you the story for the first time. That Jones said during the game, fans threw a bunch of peanuts at him. They hurled racial epithets at him, and it was very uncomfortable. The Red Sox apologized. They're investigating. CC Sabathia said today, oh, yeah, I've been through all that stuff in Boston. That's, you know what, that's, that's just what it is in Boston. Rob Parker came on with us a few minutes ago from Fox Sports 1. Undisputed said Boston is the most racist sports town in the country. So how is Adam Jones going to be received tonight at Fenway Park? Well, when he came up for the first time, Red Sox fans did him a solid. Here's Adam Jones, and Adam Jones is getting a, a nice ovation here at Fenway Park. And uh, I say maybe half the fans right now are giving Adam a standing ovation, which is exactly what Mookie Betts had implored Boston fans to do tonight on Adam Jones' initial event. And they are giving Adam a very nice welcome. Orioles Radio Network on the call. Boston, for the longest time, and, and still remains to this day, one of the most segregated cities in the country. It's always in the top five, top six 
of being the most segregated. So you get issues like you have in Boston. Many When many Major League Baseball players, people say, I've had problems here, I've had problems here. All right, you know, that that's, you're, you're taking them at face value, especially when you see issues that have befallen players in the past and the Adam Jones story from tonight. But here's one thing that I am glad about in Major League Baseball, and, and to think about this. I'm glad to see the reception for Adam Jones tonight to, to get the standing ovation. Doesn't take him off the hook. Doesn't mean that, oh, okay, Boston, you're good. But you realize that this going on in Boston is still pretty shocking, even though the Boston's reputation is well. I, I know a lot. I have friends that live in Boston. They tell me, yeah, it, you know, this is what it's like. It's very, it's very segregated. I'm glad we play sports in big cities because if we played sports in smaller cities and smaller towns, I would fear for the players, not just because of whatever racial stuff they could get at them, but whatever danger, whatever people feel they can get away with because you play in, you play in the big city, there's a lot of accountability. Life, is, life moves pretty fast in the big cities, and you are – I don't want to say more advanced, that's not the right way, but you are more up on advancements of the world, living much more current because you're in a big city and things change all the time. If we played, if we played sports in smaller towns and small cities, I, I mean it, I'd be afraid for a lot of players because that's some of the behavior that you don't want to see. Happen. Look, look at all the brawls and fights that happen at, at, in in stadiums from minor leagues and all different places, it's difficult. It's difficult. So whenever as much problems as Boston has, I'm just glad they play in bigger cities because you don't see nearly the, the amount of issues you would have as if you played in smaller towns. I don't mean, I, I don't mean from the perspective of, oh, how are you going to sell tickets? No, I just mean if you just played Major League Baseball in small towns, didn't have to worry about stadiums or selling prices and stuff, it's tough. Think about what players went through uh, you know, years ago when you played in smaller towns and when teams barnstormed and went from city to city, things were difficult. Things were tough. We play in the big cities now, and that's a great thing, and that's that's really overlooked when it comes to where we sit right now as a society. Well, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, the sociological side of things to see the study of minor leaguers, see guys going through right now, the stat that just smacks you in the face. Last year, there were 69 African-American players on Major League rosters. This year, it's 62. So you have very small sampling relative to how big Major League Baseball is. And you, But you talk about Minor League Baseball being in a lot of these smaller towns, smaller cities that, that you're talking about. I'm fearful for guys wherever they are when you're on display. You know, when we talk about their performances or, or certainly for sports, the, the Giants and the the Dodgers playing. They had a guy run on the field tonight, got tackled by some 8 to 10 security guards from the accounts we're reading. Again, can't, can't watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I have to go through my Twitter feed of all my, my friends that are beat writers for one team or the other for that account. But you see that happen. We, we talked about the Tom Gamboa incident. There's, all it takes is one guy whether it's liquid courage mm-hmm. or just fed up at the world and decides he's he's had enough to jump the wall. And by the time the security guard turns around from dealing with, hey, someone diving into the wrong row or two guys are yelling at each other, which now as we talk about the language, you know, you're talking about the fans maybe policing each other, but also the fact that that's going to be incumbent upon 
the section security guards to mm-hmm. enforce. Now, now you've got the opportunity for any knucklehead that's ever had the inclination to be the drunken fool running onto the field. You don't know what their intent is. Most of the time, it's just, hey, I get to be on the Jumbotron or on TV. But we have that happen in stadiums all the time. They go into the fake jail underneath or the drunk jail and, and go down there. But you, you have this element in, in any of these type of performance environments that always gives you that, that heightened sense uh, of, of, to a, some degree, dread that there, there will be an incident. I mean, I was in the, the bleachers years ago for a Red Sox-Yankees series. I, there was a security guard for every five people sitting in that section. It was the most I've ever seen in terms of security presence. And as soon as a fight broke out, gone. I mean, the fact that these guys were still dumb enough to fight when there was security guards on either side of them was a whole other thing. But we, we certainly see it, and you hope that we've had enough illumination over these last few months and some of the news accounts that we, we recognize and we have an open, honest discussion. You hope that that's happening and that we see a lessening of these. But certainly, given the reputation uh, of the city of Boston, certainly not helping. And they reacted strongly with statements. But that's not enough. You've got to see it more to affect change. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.